Hey, I want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. Uh, my name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram over at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book signing tour, all that good stuff. Um, always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today we have Trent McCulson on the line. He is the president and CEO over at InHealth Management Group. Uh, Trent, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. Pleasure to be here. So, Trent, I'm excited to talk to you to learn more about what um, InHealth is, is up to, but also um, also learn more about your ideals as, as an entrepreneur and a mentor and a coach. I know you expressed previously that you, you, you kind of you like helping people and you do like, uh, you know, even though you've experienced a lot of success in your life, you like to, you know, pass on those words of wisdom. So definitely want to get into that. Um, but before we do that, let's just start with your background. Uh, how, how'd you get started as an entrepreneur in business? Oh, gosh. Um, I can think back to um, what many people say, um, tugging my lawnmower around my neighborhood as a kid. <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's something I've always, uh, I've, I've always tried to be of service, and, uh, and that's really uh, helped me along my, my business career. You know, and as I evolved in my skills, um, in junior high, I would uh, draw and recreate record albums. Um, or, or album covers, and I would uh, draw those out and sell those at school. Um, then I had a band, um, so I was not a not a jazz band or anything. As 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 a heavy metal musician, so managing yeah. our band, and uh, yeah, and and so that's that's really kind of what got me, you know, thirsty for entrepreneurship. Is I, I always thought I had something to say and and a way of delivering it in a unique way. Wow, that's amazing. You you took me back to my childhood, and I, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show, because I never even thought of it, really, now that you say it, but you used to draw and recreate record albums. So when I was growing up, basically the 80s, um, that's when I used so airbrush, like, uh, airbrush clothing was in style. So I actually used to airbrush a lot of album covers on um, um, for different various artists on uh, T-shirts, and people at school would wear them. So that was one of my first businesses. I totally forgot Man. about that. You just, we, you just we remember a business out of the blue. You're like, what? I forgot. Totally. We, we should have. We should have met in the eighties. Oh man, <laughs> I grew not, up too. <laughs> and now they call it merch, and we're like, oh, okay, that's what we were doing, right? And now it's a, you know, the, the, the size of the business now is ridiculous, and they make more of merch than they make off their music. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh. it, it speaks just to the uh, evolution and innovation in business. You know, it used to be music, now it's merch. You know, tomorrow it'll be, I don't know, holograms. Who knows? I'm in. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, well, let's see. Let's see. So um, there's a lot of people listening to this. They may be entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs just getting started. Um, what kind of advice would you give them, especially if they're just, you know, out of college, one to five years or so, just kind of getting their feet wet in the, in the business? You know, my, my daughter's in that same uh, position right now, and uh, she, uh, she works at, at a clinic. She's a um, behavioral health therapist. And uh, she sees so many opportunities to make improvements. And uh, my advice to her is uh, consistently, well, you know, it, it's great to see those opportunities for improvement. But, you know, there's, it, it's kind of formulaic. 
in terms of how you you introduce those. So, you know, my advice is uh, to to people that, that want to be entrepreneurs is I, I love Mark Cuban's phrase, you know, the entrepreneur. I think everybody falls in love with the or romanticizes what being an entrepreneur really is. But I think the people who do it best really understand the businesses that they get into. And so um, when I got into healthcare, I was a physical therapy student at the University of New Mexico, and um, I worked for my aunt's durable medical equipment company. And uh, she was she was a manager there. It wasn't hers. Um, she didn't own it. But uh, I started off in the cleaning shop. And that was uh, back in what they called the golden commode era. And that's <laughs> because uh, everything got washed and reused, like down to the commode. And if you can believe this, the plastic buckets that went in the commodes, we used to have to sanitize those and return them to inventory for re-rental. Wow. It was amazing. But, you know, I, I never complained. Um, I showed up and I did the, I did my job. And because I, I showed up with that attitude, um, people took notice of that. And I moved up into package delivery and then into uh, oxygen delivery and then respiratory tech and then dispatcher and then inventory control and then respiratory technology, sales, marketing. Like I did every job in there outside of CEO. And so that's amazing. Yeah, so I learned that business, and, and um, after after uh, I, I finished up my schooling, um, they decided to send me to orthotics and prosthetic school because we were going to take that on as a new market in that business, and I had the PT background, so they sent me out to Central Florida to, to do that and uh, came back with a certificate, and they said, you know what, um, found out our building is a historical landmark. We can't put the equipment into the building without violating this historical landmark um, law that they have, and so how would you like to get into designing wheelchairs? And I said, well, sure, you're the boss, you know, put me to work. So I, I soon discovered ways to make that better, and uh, so my first entrepreneurial experience in healthcare was um, I had to sell myself out of that company because I wanted to move to Colorado Springs, where I'm, where I'm from, and um, so I took the uh, initiative to make a business plan and uh, take everything that I knew about the business from the financial side, from the management side, equipment, um, supply chain, uh, delivery, technology, uh, technological, um, you know, service technology, things like that. And, and, and I applied those into my business model and I sold my way into a surgical equipment sales place. And they said, hey, what you're doing sounds pretty cool. Why don't you come do that over here? So they didn't even sell medical equipment. And so it, that was that was really interesting. That that kind of turned me on to like, you know what, I might be onto something here. And um, you know, I've, I've just done that repeatedly throughout my career, and you know, that's where how I got to where I am today. And uh, um, yeah, I, I kind of so, follow a, a little bit of a formula for it. So um, I, I noticed a theme uh, in, in kind of your path, and the uh, one, or one of the themes, uh, and it's really being able to kind of envision what that next step is. And I'm sure you had many zigzags, and no, no nobody's path is linear and just goes straight. But how, how do you? What do you think are some of the things that helped you to kind of um, figure out what that next step was for you? You know, I'm not afraid to fail. I've never been afraid afraid to leap. And I've never been afraid to fail. And those are the two things that really differentiate the, um, the, the entrepreneur from the, uh, the, even people in the executive suite. You know, they, they, you got to put your money where your mouth is. You really do. And you have to take that leap. And, and uh, you know, hopefully it's an educated leap of faith, which I guess is not a leap of faith. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's an educated guess. 
But, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try. And the, the thing that just baffles me is many people are afraid to succeed, you know, mm. um, and, and that's, that's been a big one that I've dealt with um, in, in people I've tried to bring into various partnerships is, you know, they, they just really don't know how to deal with themselves when they succeed. And, um, and it prevents them from even wanting to try or further or keep building because, you know, we're, we're always evolving in technology and our thoughts and our methods. Everything's always evolving, so you can't be static. Oh, no, that's, that's definitely a thing. I think that, that catches a lot of people is, in, is that unknown. And if they are wildly successful, what happens next in their overall life? Um, no, that's, a, that's definitely a thing. Um, well, let's, let's change it up a bit. I, wanted to, I want to get into what you're doing over at uh, in, as COO, President and COO over at InHealth um, Management Group. So what kind of things are you doing and what kind of clients are you helping? So in, at InHealth, uh, we're really a, a, a conglomeration of, uh, of business leaders from across healthcare. We have sales and management uh, represented. We have executive management and leadership represented, construction compliance, um, you know, we have a whole lot of uh, experts in our in our field, and and uh, we're all in the healthcare space. And it follows this simple formula of there's what you know, there's who you know, and there's what you do. And when those three things converge, that's your maximum influence zone, and that's what we try to do. So what we what we do specifically in health is we apply that formula along with the other formula, which is the Y sphere, which is um, what your opportunity for improvement is, what your delivery likeliness is, and what the demand or likely adoption will be. And so how we apply this into the health space is we uh, consumerize inpatient resources or outpatient services for health systems and hospitals. And we do this through a uh, resource analysis. So we'll take a look at their existing staff, equipment, capacity, services, um, you know, service offerings in their communities and their supply chain costs. Then we'll evaluate the catchment area and uh, conduct a uh, analysis of the insurance carriers in the, in the uh, vicinity and how they're paying for services and, you know, what they're defining as being valuable in a market. And we'll help the uh, hospitals um, embark on entrepreneurial uh, services. So we'll, so we'll convert things like, like laboratory or imaging or surgery centers or uh, facilities and uh, help deliver those uh, new initiatives into uh, older platforms. What do you think uh, about the kind of inefficiencies overall in healthcare, and and, and how do you think that that trend is going to look going forward? Because I'm just excited with I've I've interviewed quite a few people in that attack um, healthcare from uh, different angles and different services and different problems they're working on, Um, and I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, yeah, great question. I, my opinion is that, uh, you know, we're shifting from a fee-for-service model where you get paid for on a transaction level for the thing that you do today and shifting to what, they, what they're calling more a value-based uh, reimbursement system where you're looking for patient outcomes or, or data management or looking for trends and um, trying to solve chronic care issues. And... Um, I, I think there's somewhere in the middle is, is kind of where we're going. And I think really the real movement that people need to pay attention to is the consumer movement. Um, I, I think one day, and I hope one day, consumers are going to wake up and realize what insurance really is. 
because right now insurance plans are being used as currency. So um, if you look at your health care insurance and the cost, it's uh, more people have to put money into their health care costs than they do into their 401k, yet they kind of use them in the same way, right? So you use, uh, you use the money from your income today that from your job and tomorrow you start drawing from your 401k or from your investments for, for your living expenses. We're already doing that in the healthcare industry today by paying enormous amounts of money into our health insurance and then expecting health insurance to cover every single incident that we have in healthcare. So, um, you know, I think if, if the consumers kind of wrap their heads around what insurance was initially really designed to be, which was more um, episodic, you know, when you go to the gas station, you don't, uh, you don't call Geico to fill up your car for an offer, you know, you don't call them for an authorization to fill up the car <laughs> well, or you don't ask them, can I change my tires now? No, it's not medically necessary. You know, it's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the problem with insurance companies is we've empowered them to make medical decisions that they're not qualified or even motivated to make. They have a direct conflict of interest. And I think that as consumerism takes off, we're going to realize that. And we're going to be um, more of a cash and carry industry um, for, for simple services. Mm-hmm. You know, but we'll always need the hospitals. We'll always need the safety net services because obviously that's not going to apply to the Medicare or Medicaid people. And, and we need to, as a society, um, embrace that because that is what, what makes America great is we provide these opportunities for growth and success, but we also catch, catch the people who really um, didn't catch those same breaks or, or take those risks, you know, so uh, yeah. that's my opinion. I, and that was a very, no, I, I'm sorry. no, no, no. I actually very uh, thought out and I know you've, you've had this conversation more than once. Um, yeah, no. And I, and I, and I do love the answer because it is, uh, it is hopeful for the future as consumers are more educated um, it's like, oh yeah, can I? Is it, is it time for my? Like you said, uh, when you said, uh, you know, to fill up your car, you don't call Geico. I was thinking, man, I'm gonna have to call my. Uh, and so maybe, maybe I won't have to call my insurance carrier one day and say, hey, I don't really want a knee replacement. Can I get my stem cell injection? Come on. <laughs> I know yeah, you. I know you're. I know. I know you're not. I know you're not caught up with that yet, but. Yeah, I don't have to go through all this rehab and all this other stuff. I have 30 friends that did it, and they can walk now. <laughs> right, so, exactly. It's, that that would be your money, right? Like your oil, so, your oil change. Can I have my stem cell real quick? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's like, you know, when, when someone else controls the money, you're, you're no longer in control for real. And uh, sadly, the consumers, the people, everybody's been fooled into thinking that they are the consumer. The doctor is the consumer. The hospital is a consumer, the patient is a consumer, and they're all somewhat right. Mm-hmm. But really, the person who holds the money is the real consumer. And, um, you know, on for the transaction, and that person is the insurance company, and they have a direct conflict of interest with the interest of healthcare. I love that. Um, and so if somebody, uh, I appreciate it, Trent, and if somebody wants to learn more about uh, In Health Management Group, what's the best way for them to reach out, Trent? You can reach out um, by going to the internet at www.inhealthcorp.com. That's inhealthcorp.com. Or come find us on LinkedIn. We're on LinkedIn. And um, reach out to me directly. I love to chat, as you uh, have found out. All right, Tremble. Hey, thank you for coming on the show. And to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave me a review on, uh, on iTunes, all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really appreciate it. And have a great rest of your day. And thank you again, Trent. 